Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. When I was in the sixth grade, I got in trouble. Don't think this was the only time I got in trouble, but this is the one I want to tell you about. That year, they brought some high school kids down to our classes and they organized our outdoor activities. In other words, what we did outside at recess. These older students made charts that were put up on the wall out in the hallway with everybody's name and what they were going to do with whom every day. A few of us more creative types decided to adorn these charts with, let's say, some colorful annotations. We thought just having a bare list of names was a little boring, so we added some descriptive material alongside the names of certain of our classmates. This didn't go over well with our teachers. Somehow, they were able to determine who the guilty ones were, and we found ourselves in the soup. I think they actually took the lot of us to the principal's office. This was serious. You could get paddled in there. But we didn't get that punishment. We, we just had to make new charts, and they chose a couple to, to replace the ones we had defaced. Now, we usually look back on these little incidents with a chuckle. But at the time, I wasn't laughing. I don't know how the other perps felt, but I felt like a convicted criminal who now had a record that would follow him through life. Who knows? Maybe that job I was turned down for back in 82 was on account of these nefarious activities coming to light. I'll never know. You may have been one of the good kids when you were in school, but if you're human, you've known at some time in your life that burden of guilt because of something you did. It's not a pleasant feeling. People do a lot of things to deal with guilt. They get involved in charity work. They go to a psychiatrist. Sometimes they get drunk. They try something to make themselves feel better inside. None of these efforts are effective. God actually has a simple answer to guilt. The Bible says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The answer to guilt is to confess our sins. God has promised that if we do, we will be forgiven. Sometimes it's necessary to not only confess to God, but to some other person who, whom we may have hurt. But God never intended for us to carry guilt around all our lives. Guilt is corrosive to our inner person. Forgiveness is possible through the grace of God and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus carried all our sins in his own body when he died for us. His death removes our sin as far from us as the east is from the west, according to Psalm 103. This talk today is obviously not just for certain people, but for everybody, because everybody has sinned against God. In Romans chapter 3, we read these words, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. 
They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. But it's also true that there is no one whom God won't forgive if they confess their sins and repent and trust in the work of Jesus for them on Calvary. There's a beautiful verse almost at the end of the prophecy of Micah in the Old Testament. It says that God will throw our sins into the depths of the sea. The idea there is that he removes them from us and will never bring them up to us again. What a relief. There's one thing about this, though. Although God can forget my sins, I can't, and neither can Satan. If you have repented of a sin and confessed it, as far as God is concerned, it's gone. So when it comes back to your memory, it isn't God that's bringing it back, but the devil. When that happens, you need to give Satan a little Bible lesson. Remind him of these verses I've shared today about God forgiving our sins and throwing them into the sea. And how Psalm 103 says, he has removed them from us as far as the east is from the west. There's an old gospel song we used to sing called, He Took My Sins Away. If you don't know it, learn it. Sing it out loud when your old sins come back to your consciousness. I want to finish this out by telling you something that may sound a bit surprising at first, especially when you apply it to yourself. Those of us brought up on the Bible sometimes can quote verses but tend to forget that they are for us personally and not just abstract ideas. At the end of the little book of Jude, the next to the last book of the Bible, there's a sort of doxology or closing prayer. It goes like this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Think about that for a minute. One day, you and I will stand before Jesus Christ when this life is over. If you have trusted Christ in this life for the forgiveness of your sins, if you have, as it were, knelt before the cross and laid all your sin and guilt before him there, then he will present you before God blameless. I don't know about you, but blameless is not a word I apply to myself too often. I have a lot I can be blamed for. I have failed a lot. I have sinned a lot. I've let many people down, not the least of them God. I feel that since I was brought up in church and taught the Bible since early childhood, my sin is greater than somebody who didn't know any better. I think I need to confess that even though I preach these truths often, I don't always have a full appreciation of just what Jesus Christ has done. In his blood, he has washed me clean. When he does that redemptive work on us, he doesn't even leave a taint of sin in our lives. God sees us through the pure and perfect righteousness of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. 
Have you ever tried to clean something and you scrubbed and scrubbed and just couldn't remove that last little shadow of the stain? Some stains are stubborn like that. But when it comes to the work of Christ, his precious blood is the most powerful cleansing agent that could ever be imagined. He doesn't even leave a dim shadow of our sin behind when he washes us. In the very last book of the Bible, the writer John dedicates his work to Christ like this, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. When Jesus washes you, you are washed. You are clean. You are free from all sin. When those thoughts of your past sin come back to you, respond by turning your gaze from yourself and your own failure to the mighty work of Christ in redemption. Remind yourself of these great and precious promises. Believe God's word, which says that one day Jesus will present us to his Father blameless. In that day, our struggle will be over. We will never again have to fight against temptation, and we will never again feel a burden of guilt because of our sin. We will be forever blameless. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that this truth will just come home to those listening today, Father God, those who maybe are uh, laboring under a burden of guilt, I pray that they will go to Jesus, confess their sins, and find that forgiveness. Lord, if there's somebody they need to go to to make things right with another person, they'll do that. They'll humble themselves, and then they will know the freedom from guilt and sin in their hearts and can be washed clean in the blood of Jesus Christ, whose name we pray. Amen. My dear friends, uh, some of us here in the greater the capital district of New York, which is Albany, Schenectady, and that area. Uh, We are proclaiming this message of forgiveness of sins uh, to this area, and uh, we are have been over two years now in the process of planting a new congregation called the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is located at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in that area and you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.